Amen. All right. If, if you have been visiting with us or you're new here, uh, what we're doing right now is not the way we normally do things. Our normal pattern on uh, Sunday nights is we very systematically go through books of the Bible. We've been studying First and Second Kings for a little while now. Um, every now and then we'll do a kind of thematic study, like a couple years ago. We took, um, I don't know, a couple of months and did a study on evangelism where we, we looked at what the Bible says about what the gospel is and how we're to present the gospel and the, the role that the law plays in the gospel. Uh, but normally we're very systematic. Right now we're not systematic at all. We are all over the map. And the reason we're all over the map is because we're taking a couple weeks to answer questions that were submitted by the church body. And, and the reason we do this is, is for f- a few different reasons, I guess. One, I want to make sure we're giving our church family avenues if there's some sort of issue you're struggling with, a theological question you're not sure about, even if you just sort of need a kickstart in how to think through a particular issue. I want to give you an avenue for doing that. Um, secondly, I'm assuming that if there's a question you have, it's probably also reflective of, of questions that similar, uh, similar questions that people in our church have. So my hope is in answering a question that was submitted by an individual, that it's serving the whole church body, that these questions we're answering are helpful to you too. So that's, that's why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and I also hope that you notice a difference in me in the way that I answer different questions. Um, because we're dealing with such a wide variety, everything from um, um, Santa Claus to the Trinity in these questions that we're getting. Um, and I hope you notice a difference in how I answer those questions. Um, when we talk about the Trinity, we're talking about an essential in who God is. We're talking about the nature of God. Uh, we're talking about a fundamental to our belief, our beliefs as Christians. Um, when we're talking about uh, how we handle Santa Claus in our family, that's not the same sort of issue. Okay, so I want to uh, speak clearly and dogmatically where the Bible speaks clearly. And on some issues where we get guidelines, the Bible helps us think through issues, but where the Bible isn't clear and dogmatic, I want to make sure that I give uh, room for grace, that I give room for there be, being freedom in Christ, to follow your conscience, where we might have different convictions on issues. And so I hope that's being reflected in how I answer these questions. Okay, so there are some things that I want to be very clear and very dogmatic on in some areas where I'm trying not, intentionally trying not to be that way, even if I have uh, an opinion, because I think there should be freedom on some of this stuff. Okay, so that's, that's what we're trying to do. Now, we're, we're going to get through two more questions tonight. Um, so it's going to take us tonight and one more week to finish this out. And you see, by the way, you see why we only do this every six or eight months, because it ends up taking a long time to work through these questions when we do them. But two questions tonight. Here's the first one. First question. And again, these aren't questions that I came up with. They were submitted by our church family. Here's the first one. Why do we not have any more prophets today? Why do we not have any more prophets today? And I guess my first response to that would be, some churches say we do. Um, I've been to churches where they had a microphone set up down front and there would be a time during the worship service where they would sort of open the mic and open the floor and people could come down front who thought they had the gift of prophecy and people could prophesy in the service. So I guess the question would be, why aren't you in a church that does that? Or why don't we do that as a church? Why don't, why don't you call me Prophet Everson? Why don't we have prophets? Well, let me give you just a couple verses to start this with. Here's the first one. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. 
Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. And I want you to notice how the writer of Hebrews says this. God, in times past, spoke to our fathers by the prophet. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. Do you see how implied in that is the idea that God now speaks in a different way, that in times past, he revealed himself in the prophets. God's revelation came through prophets in times past, but now the final revelation of God has come to us in his son. And of course, we have the record of this final revelation of the son recorded for us in the New Testament. So the implication here is that the time of the prophets has at least ended now in the coming of the son. The time of God speaking through prophets giving new revelation has ended. Okay, let me give you another verse, Ephesians 2. Read verses 19 and 20. Paul says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And what Paul's doing is he's working through different analogies to describe what we are as God's people. So he's describing the church with, he uses three different analogies here. First he says that the church is like a kingdom and we're the citizens of it. Then he says the church is like a household. That's the word for a family. So we would be the family members in the household. And then third, he describes the church as a, a building. The way he says it elsewhere is that the church is a building. We're the living stones of this building. But what's the foundation that we're built on as the people of God? Well, we're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And what's he telling us there? That Jesus is the cornerstone. Well, well, the way buildings worked in the ancient world, the most important stone laid was the first stone that was laid. Everything else in the building got its measurements off that cornerstone. So it sort of set the lines for the rest of the building. It set the measurements. Every other stone that was set had to be aligned with that first stone, the cornerstone. So um, the angle of the walls going out and the angle of the walls going up all depended on that first stone, the cornerstone being true. And Paul is saying, he's using that building analogy, and he is saying Jesus is the cornerstone. So individually, being a Christian means we have come to Jesus as our cornerstone. We have, we have given up building our lives on other things. We've repented of that. And we have come to have our lives built on Jesus. We, we've put the full weight of our lives down on Christ and the work he's done for us. So we're resting our lives on Jesus as our cornerstone, and now... Um, Jesus sets the lines for our life. Jesus is the measure of our life. Everything else, coming to Jesus as your cornerstone means everything else in your life now gets its angles, gets its measurements based off of Jesus being your cornerstone. He's the cornerstone, but get that next phrase. We're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus is the cornerstone, and then the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Now, the question was about prophets. 
But since apostles and prophets is grouped here, let's talk about both of these. First, what is an apostle? Um, in, a, in a generic sense, an apostle, that word means a sent one. So an apostle, in a general sense, was anyone who was sent out, like someone who was sent out as a messenger from a church could be called an apostle in a general sense. But the word apostle is also used in a specific sense. So not only is there a general use of it, there's also a, it's sort of like the word elder. The word elder in the Bible is used in a general way to talk about older men. But elder is also used in the Bible for a particular office in the life of the church. Well, that's the way the word apostle works. In a general sense, is someone who's sent out, like missionaries would be apostolos. They're sent out by the church. But in a specific sense, apostles were men who were chosen by Jesus and actually given that title, apostle. And the number of apostles was limited. So um, a good example would be Revelation 21, the, the, city, uh, the, the city of New Jerusalem, the heavenly cities being described. And we're told about the wall around the heavenly city. And we're told that that wall has 12 foundation stones. And on those 12 stones are written the names of the 12 apostles. Okay, so, so there was a, a number of men in the early church who were called by Jesus apostles. You might, you might call the generic sense apostle with a lowercase a, and then you might call the title, often the way it's designated, is apostle with a capital A. Those are those men who are chosen by Jesus and called to this role. And, and to be an apostle, there were specific criteria. So apostles were specifically called by Jesus Apostles had to be um, eyewitnesses to the resurrected Jesus. And then apostles were also given supernatural giftings or sign gifts where God enabled apostles to do miraculous signs as a verification that they were indeed apostles and as confirmation of the message that they preached. Okay, so apostle was a role in the early church designated by Jesus that fulfilled certain criteria that had an initiatory role where they would serve as, um, in one sense, they would deliver God's revelation and they served as the authority, under the authority of Christ in the first century church. That's apostle. Okay, but what about, what about prophets? What's a prophet? Maybe the best way to define prophet would be to, to define what prophecy is. So prophecy is receiving and communicating direct, spontaneous revelation from God. Prophecy is receiving and communicating direct, spontaneous revelation from God. So in other words, prophecy is spirit-inspired speech. Sometimes prophecy is about what God's going to do in the future. That's how we most often use the word prophecy. It's something that God's planned and told us in advance that he's going to do in the future. That's not all prophecy is. Prophecy is just direct revelation given by God and communicated on behalf of God. Okay, that's prophecy. And because of that, uh, words of prophecy are equivalent to the word of God. This is why in the Old Testament, how do prophets often begin their speeches? Thus says the Lord. Why did they begin that way? Well, because what they said in that role as prophet was equivalent to what God said. The words of prophecy are the words of God to the point 
that how did Paul tell Israel in the Old Testament to test prophets? Because you had lots of men who came along saying, claiming they spoke for God, claiming they were prophets. So how was Israel supposed to discern whether someone was a true prophet or a false prophet? That, that was it. What percentage of their prophecies had to come true for them to be deemed a true prophet? 100%. So God's word to Israel was, if someone comes claiming to be a true prophet, and they say something that doesn't come to pass, claiming to speak for me, they're to be deemed a false prophet. And in fact, part of being deemed a false prophet in Israel meant they were to be stoned to death in, in the theocracy of Israel. Okay, so prophets, prophecy is speaking direct revelation from God. The prophets served as God's mouthpiece. They are communicating revelation from God. I'm emphasizing prophecy is not the same as preaching. Here's the way Richard Gaffin said this. He said, a basic difference between prophecy and preaching is that the prophet has no text. The prophet reveals the word of God. The preacher expounds the word of God. Do you get the difference in the two? So, so preaching is about God's word. Prophecy is God's word. So I'm here to expound the revelation that God has already given us. But the words that I speak are not infallible. I, I can and do misspeak regularly. But the words of prophecy are infallible. Because it's not expounding or explaining God's word. Prophecy is delivering God's word. And so the prophets were men who were gifted by God, placed in this role by God to receive and communicate direct revelation from God. And you can imagine why this gift was so important in the early church. So how were they, before they had a completed canon of scripture, before they had the New Testament letters, how were they supposed to know the mind and the will of God? How were they supposed to know what the church was supposed to be and how the church was supposed to function? They couldn't read Ephesians. They couldn't read 1 Timothy. How were they supposed to understand the full implications of what Jesus did on the cross? They couldn't open up and read the book of Romans. Well, the way that they would know that is that God gifted men to serve in this role as prophet who would deliver revelation from God in the church. Okay, so prophets are men gifted by God to receive and deliver direct revelation from God. Okay, so that's the, the in fact, notice, go back to Ephesians again. Ah. Notice what he says about the apostles and prophets. He's saying the household, this is the church, God's people, have been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So back to the question of why we don't have prophets today. We're built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. You do not have to be a licensed contractor to understand this question. When do you pour the foundation of a building? At the very beginning, right? You dig the footers and you pour the foundation and then everything else rests on that. Everything else is built on that. Okay, well, the apostles and prophets provided the foundation of revelation that the church is built on. We still have that foundation of revelation preserved for us in Scripture. 
So in scripture, we have the revelation God delivered through the apostles and prophets, and it's that revelation that serves as the foundation of the church. You pour the foundation once, you pour the foundation at the beginning. So apostles and prophets were foundational gifts in the church. They served a role in the um, early church for God to provide the revelation that we're now built on. But unless you want to make the argument that the foundation God provided isn't sufficient or that the foundation God provided needs to be added to or the foundation God provided needs to be re-poured, you, you would have to agree that this is a role that has now ended in the life of the church because the foundation God has given us is complete. Are, does everybody understand? So we don't have prophets today because it was a foundational gifting in the church. Prophecy was a foundational ministry, but we are now built on that foundation. Okay, so what this means for us practically is uh, we don't give any heed to anyone who comes along claiming to be a modern day prophet. We don't give any heed to such a person. Um, first of all, because all the people who come along today claiming to be modern-day prophets do not meet, meet any of the criteria in Deuteronomy. The most lauded people today who claim to be prophets bat about 50% when it comes to predictions that they give. Those are considered the great ones. But the criteria in the Bible is if you're in the role of prophet and you are speaking words from God, re receiving and delivering revelation from God, your words in that role should be infallible. Okay, and it also means that, that we don't have to give creed to anyone who comes along and uses the God told me kind of language. Okay, we don't need somebody to come along and, and say, God told me to tell your church this, or God told me to tell you this. Because what underlies that is the idea that the revelation God has given us in Scripture is not enough. So we need somebody else to come along and tell us something else. Because this is lacking. This is not lacking. This was the whole point, or one of the main points, this past Thursday morning in our men's Bible study in 2 Timothy 3 about the Bible. It's all of Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and what does God accomplish through His Word? He makes us mature, complete, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. That means everything we need to grow in the faith, everything we need to be mature in the faith, everything we need to be equipped for the work God has called us to, he has given us in his word. So I don't need any other revelation. We shouldn't be expecting any other revelation. And up until about 60 or 70 years ago, that would have been a completely uncontroversial statement. Because up until about 60 or 70 years ago, an overwhelming majority of evangelical Christians would have been labeled what is now called cessationist, meaning an overwhelming majority of Christians believed that all of the um, miraculous sign gifts had faded out in the early church. It wasn't until in the last hundred years with the influx of the charismatic movement that this new wave has come into the evangelical world saying, well, we should still expect this. We should still expect prophecy and we should still call people prophets and we should still be looking for apostles. For 1900 years in church history, Christians did not believe that. And none of the stuff that is claimed to be prophecy today matches what you see in the Bible. 
Okay, so this was a foundational gift. We still have the foundation of revelation in the Bible, so it's not a gift that is still active in the church today. We're not looking. This is why we don't have a microphone down front. Don't come up to prophesy next week. Okay, because God, God has completed his revelation that is the foundation for our church. Everybody tracking with me? Okay, that's the first question. Any questions on that? 